Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Roth, but my friends call me the Booby Docs. My popular social media account where I talk about breast cancer and breast health in an educational and fun way. I'm a board-certified radiologist who specializes in breast imaging and image-guided procedures. I'm also a 40-something Ashkenazi Jewish woman with a strong family history of breast cancer and BRCA, so I know a thing or two about breast cancer. And this is my podcast, The Girlfriend's Guide to Breast Cancer, Breast Health, and Beyond. If you or someone you love has been affected by breast cancer, this podcast is for you. Each episode, I sit down with top breast cancer experts, thrivers, providers, and those that love them to bring you the breast information. So get ready to learn, laugh, and let's be breasties. This podcast is not intended for medical advice. Please refer to your doctor with any symptoms or concerns you may be having. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Booby Dots podcast. I am with my friend, Dr. Heidi Hutman who I call her Heidi, as you probably (laughs) can too. She is a licensed psychologist. You have a private practice, but you're also an associate professor at a university in Philadelphia. Is that right? That's right. Yay. Thank you, Dr. Roth, for having me. I also call Dr. Roth, Booby Docs, Fame, Robin, (laughs) my friend Robin. We have known each other for a long time. Yeah. And like... I wanted to bring you on this podcast because I feel like you've seen this kind of platform grow over the past few years, and you've seen my struggles with balancing everything. And I know like the holidays are a really hard time for everybody as well. They are. They're a really hard time. You know, yeah. they're supposed to be a really happy time for folks, but they're also a really hectic time. And I think sometimes the pressure to have a lot of happiness and a lot of celebration can actually highlight for people just how unhappy or how stressful it can be. Totally. And there's all this pressure from you and your children and your family to perform your best. And we also have, I have two winter birthdays on top of that. So yes, and that's a lot. lot. And then on top of that, the travel and it's, I know, did you go anywhere fun? I did. I went to Florida, Mm -hmm. um, which was a lot of fun um, and nice to get away. We have family that were down there, um, but also just, you know, a lot of visiting people, making sure to see everybody. And, um, you know, it comes with its challenges and uh, making sure to squeeze in time to rest um, and relax so that you feel like you got a vacation. Traveling with kids is not a vacation, right? I've come to terms with that part. Yes, there is no such thing as uh, rest and vacation. I know. We were in in Disney World for five days, so talk about stressful. And then on top of that, we went to South Florida after for a few days to see my family, which was amazing. But like, as you said, it's a lot. Like, you feel this pressure to see everybody and spend quality time. And as much as I love everybody, it's like, I just want to get back to my routine. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, like the part that was really highlighted for me was the scheduling Mm -hmm. and just the cognitive burden Mm -hmm. of constantly thinking like, what are we doing today? Yeah. Who are we seeing today? Who haven't we seen? What haven't we done? Mm -hmm. Um, How to meet everybody's needs when everybody has different interest levels, um, different priorities. Yeah. Uh, so that feels really challenging. Yeah. But we made it. We did it. (laughs) We're back. Now we're in the beginning of January. So actually I wanted to use this time to really reflect Mm -hmm. on last year because it was a big year professionally and personally. And then also what can we take and what can we leave as we head into 2024? Yeah. I think it's wonderful to kind of just take stock Mm -hmm. of where we've been and where we want to go. Yeah. So Should we talk about some of the highlights from last year? Let's do it. For me, one of the biggest um, highlights of the year was getting more involved with FIGS. Women founded Scrubs Company. They're so much more than a Scrubs Company that I love. And I totally manifested to be an ambassador like in 2022. And this year I got invited to be in their holiday shoot, which was crazy. So special. So special. I went to New York and I filmed like a commercial. (laughs) It was like a really long, important conversation about issues in social media and sexism and all these things. So that was really like a personal high for me. So Mm -hmm. very appreciative of that. Um, I hosted the first ever booby bash 
which you attended and you looked amazing. Fab. I, I, I really nailed that one. She wore like a hot pink latex dress, Uh which was totally out of character, but totally (laughs) in character. Super out of character. (laughs) Really pushed myself on that one. But I, I rally for my friends. I feel like that should be your 2024 character. And there you go. It's going to be my alter ego. And we raised $25,000 for your night for her, which was amazing. No big deal. And I, no big deal. And I really want to do it again this year, but I'm anxious about that because right. it's like, you know, we, we did amazing and you want to top it, but we'll talk about that later. All the pressures that we constantly feel as you grow. We from- call that the hedonic treadmill. Oh, what's that? So the hedonic treadmill is really about kind of setting this precedent for ourselves mm-hmm. where the success of yesterday is no longer good enough for uh-huh. ourselves, right? Yes. So I, I was listening to the Mel Robbins podcast and she talked a lot about you push the, the goalpost further, mm-hmm. right? Like once yeah. you hit one goal, you, you want another goal. So you're never truly happy because all you're doing is going for goals that you're never going to attain because it's never enough. Right. Right. And it's really hard to stay present in your celebration of your successes yeah. because It's constantly about, even if you're not in the comparison game, even Mm -hmm. if you're able to stay in your own lane and you're wanting to kind of out, out compete yourself or kind of level up with yourself, you're still not able to kind of soak up the success. Totally. I mean, this is what I talk to in therapy all the time. You should be my therapist and my friend. I mean, (laughs) pretty much only be one. So, (laughs) okay. Another big one was I was on TV four times, live TV four times. And I wrote an article for the Katie Couric uh, newsletter, which was like that medical journalism for me, like that's my, that's my long-term goal and what I would love to do. So this was a big year for that. So more of that in 2024. Yes. Oh my God. Who's calling me? Not right now. No calls in 2024. Nope. Nope. Setting boundaries. That's a big one for me. 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See you later. I had some speaking events. I hosted the Jewish Federation Women of Impact event with Lizzie Savetsky, which was really cool. Uh And then also I spoke at a Hologic event and I got to speak with one of the Eagles players and his mother, Keely Ringo, and his amazing mother. And those were the big highs of my, you know, professionally. And we also took lots of trips. Yes. One of my favorite was going to um, Atlantic City twice with Grandma Lena. One was her bachelorette party, (laughs) which was amazing. And um, more of that in 2024. Mm -hmm. And also, we took a lot of trips to Disney. I went to Disney twice last year, in the beginning and the end of the year. That's crazy. So for those of you who do not know... um, Robin's kind of personal life. Robin and her husband and family are big Disney fans. Yeah. Um, Robin's husband knows a lot about Disney um, and uh, is is a go-to resource about yeah. Disney. I have profited off of um, Robin's uh. husband's Disney knowledge. And so it does not surprise me that Robin has been able to visit with Mickey Mouse twice I in mean, the last year. So my, my husband and I both grew up in South Florida. Yes. I think my husband is definitely more into Disney than I am, mm-hmm. but he has made me more because especially now that we have a family together, mm-hmm. a lot of it is nostalgia for him. Yeah. I see like there's yes. a happy memory associated yeah. with it and it of takes course. him back to that. There but if you go. need help, send us a list, send us a DM. <laughs> and then also one, my last thing, my highlight of the year was seeing Taylor Swift with my nine-year-old daughter. It was her first concert ever. It was Mother's Day weekend, hometown show for her in Philadelphia. And it was just amazing. And now, of course, my daughter wants to go again. I'm like, that's not possible. Like we right, did, right. We it, did. Was, it was a core memory. Talk about the hedonic treadmill, right? Yeah. She wants to do it again. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this came at my mental health. Like, I think a lot of, like, as great of a year it was, I did not take good care of myself. Mm-hmm. I did not have good boundaries with social media. You also had an injury. I had an injury. I had car. I will. I was recovering from a right ACL tear, which because I was going too fast, mm-hmm. and then I was also had right carpal tunnel surgery this year, mm-hmm. um, which is you know not ex- unexpected as a radiologist. And every time I got pregnant, my my carpal tunnel syndrome sure. got worse, and unfortunately, I'm going to need it again on my left. Mm. So I think it's a, it's my body reminding me that I'm not 26 years old anymore, which I forget. Yeah. Cause sometimes I feel I have that energy, but clearly I can't keep up with myself. Yeah. Um, and, um, just, 
I really, for 2024, I want to slow down and find better balance between social media uh-huh. and the booby docs, which really is a hobby at this point. Yeah. Um, and my family, my three uh-huh. young kids and my husband who yeah. I need to prioritize more. Yeah. And myself. And yourself. Myself. Yeah. That's a big and one. Like, and like, and, you know, and, and all the other things in your life. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so I hear you saying all of these amazing things you accomplished. Yeah. And we know that ambition, excitement, passion, these things are wonderful. Mm-hmm. They're also double-edged swords. Yes. Right? Yeah. And even as you're talking about them and thinking about manifesting, and I know we'll get to that a yeah. little later on, um, I hear you saying more of this in 2024. Uh-huh. <laughs> more of this in 2024. What's right? less of? What's less right. of? And then I hear you also saying, and I need to set better boundaries Mm -hmm. and I need to kind of take care of myself. And so what, how does that, what, how do we reconcile those two kind of pieces? It's so interesting. I'm I'm so glad you're here that we're talking about this because I, so I'm going to mention Mel Robbins a lot during Mm -hmm. this podcast because I've been listening to her podcast Mm -hmm. a lot and she is so good about breaking this down, Mm -hmm. but she basically talks about when you have a goal, there there must be a will and a way. Mm -hmm. So why do you want to do this thing? So I need to set better boundaries because the rate that I'm going at right now is not sustainable. No. Right. So, and I want to just feel more clear headed. And like we said, happy, like enjoying the the good things that are happening to me, because sometimes I'm moving from one thing to the next without really processing that thing. And then it's like, why didn't I enjoy that more? Yeah. You didn't soak it up. And then I feel guilt. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. And you also don't get to fully capitalize on the lessons learned. Yes. Right? Because you're not having that kind of downtime to process and let it marinate. Totally. Yeah. So, and then, so that's my will Mm -hmm. and my way. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that's really hard. It's because I've been saying this way for years, but it's like, I still haven't done it Mm -hmm. about setting better boundaries with, well, one, I need a better daily routine. And this is something I'm working on, mm-hmm. you know, waking up maybe 10 minutes earlier than my children mm-hmm. so that I have that time to, you know, mm-hmm. meditate and do a sound bowl and all mm-hmm. the things that I really want to do that will get me a little bit more clear headed mm-hmm. and focus and set my daily intentions. But I stay up too late and mm-hmm. then I wake up too late and I don't have time for that. And every day it's like rushing, rushing, rushing. Right. right. So you're constantly in catch up mode. Yeah, I'm never ahead of my game here. Like, mm-hmm. and I think 2024 for me is about trying to get ahead mm-hmm. of myself mm-hmm. and be proactive and really kind of drive this ship rather than like letting things happen. In a... So what if it's not about getting ahead, mm-hmm. but what if it's like being Staying on time? Top. Yeah. Being on time, being on top. Being, being right there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because... because you're, you're propelling yourself into the future, mm-hmm. getting ahead, mm-hmm. right? You're living in catch-ups. So yeah. You're in the past. You're behind. Yeah. I'm never in the present. We want to put you right in the present. Oof. That's, yeah. Right? So how do I do that? Well, well, how do you do that? Well, I think the meditation and the journaling and being in nature okay. and like, you know, taking the... T- I need to process more of like what's going on and what just happened mm-hmm. and not, and being more present in my daily activities, not being so distracted, mm-hmm. which is a struggle. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's now a good time to talk. Yeah. So one of the things also that I've been struggling with is um, I opened up about this on Instagram, but I was just recently diagnosed with ADHD as a 41-year-old doctor. And I don't know why I'm going to tell the backstory about how basically I went to a doctor who I had known professionally for a long time, but this is the first time I was actually seeing her as a patient. And I, you know, was giving her the rundown of my, my past medical history And about two minutes in, she cuts me off and she says, has anyone ever told you you have ADHD? 
And I was like, excuse me? Because <laughs> I, no one has ever told me that. My sister was diagnosed with ADHD as a kid, but I was never. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, you know, you interrupt, you have, <laughs> well, a number of, of symptoms, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I was re- re- recalling the conversations at Heidi and I said, can you believe I was just diagnosed with ADHD? And she goes, I could have told you that. And I said, why didn't you? So I want to clarify that <laughs> okay. because you did, um, with love, call me uh, out or in mm-hmm. on Instagram. I will say that I am um, quite incognito on social media these days. Um, so I have an Instagram uh, account, but no picture, no description, nothing to speak of. Maybe we'll get you more Yeah, maybe active. that's a 2024 mm-hmm. goal of mine. Yes. Um, but, you know... First of all, we are not in a professional relationship, mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's a little bit dicey for me to diagnose my friend, yeah, right? Fine. Also, you've never expressed any distress about it, mm-hmm. right? So you've never come to me and been like, hey, I'm really struggling yeah. with this. And if you had, yeah. if you had said like, I, I just can't get my shit together, Heidi. Yeah. I'm really, like, I don't know where, like, where I am and what I'm doing yeah. here. Then I might have said, right. hey, and I have also known that you have been in therapy throughout mm-hmm. your lifetime. Yes. So I've known that there is a mental health provider typically in your life. Yes. Um, you know, you've we've been open. Both of us have struggled postpartum with adjustment not necessarily postpartum depression, but just with adjustment. And so we, we've both kind of um, sought out the support of mental health providers. And so um, knowing that you were under the care of, of, um, of a therapist, Mm -hmm. I felt like those would be folks that would probably flag that for you. You know what? And no one did. And no one did. Yeah. Now, what I can say to you about Mm -hmm. that is that you have a couple of, um, characteristics that would obscure your ADHD Mm -hmm. or make it less likely for you to be diagnosed. First, you are female. Mm -hmm. Um, and so throughout your lifetime, uh, you were socialized into a gender presentation Mm -hmm. and expression that, uh, caused you to be less likely to manifest symptoms that are typical of ADHD, which is, which is like, you know, hyperactive, uh, disruptive, physically aggressive things that we look at in school environments as quote unquote problem behaviors. Right. Right. And so, um, so that in and of itself was not, you know, flagged, Right. right. You did not suffer from academic disruption. You are a high-functioning, academically successful, professionally successful individual. Right. Correct? Yes. Um, also, your communication style, while, um, while you do uh, demonstrate what we would call verbal impulsivity. <laughs> I was like, how is she going to say this? <laughs> um, Interruption. It is also uh-huh. consistent consistent with a more culturally congruent Jewish female communication style. Uh So if you will look at our friendship group Uh in Northeast Jewish female communication, Uh I would say we all look like we are trying to get on a fast speed highway and everybody is just going to move the fuck on Right. without looking. Right. And if you ever kind of go home at the end of the night after hanging out with a bunch of us, I'm exhausted. I, you're exhausted, <laughs> but also you'll realize that none of us finish conversations. You're totally right. And so you can go back and you can say like, oh yeah, we never circled back to that. Yeah. We never circled back to that. Never figured out what was happening with that. And, um, I can count about 10 conversations we're having that are almost half baked throughout the evening. Yeah. And so it's been a little bit normalized and reinforced in your social interaction. Totally. You know, it's so interesting. So I've been like learning more about this and that adult onset, well, adult, I don't want to say onset because it's always been there, but it's been now diagnosis. adult diagnosis. So like in these high achieving individuals, 
Like there is a, there is a late diagnosis of yeah. high functioning, especially women, especially mm-hmm. in this age group, mm-hmm. because we were able to, to, you know, get through the system without yeah. being flagged. Yep. And then eventually it catches up to us, Yes. whether it's many kids or a high functioning job. And at some point yep. we hit our limit. Yes. Whatever that, whatever that might be. And that's when we turn to maladaptive behaviors, yep. such as drinking, drugs, excess social media, whatever your vice right. is, right. all of the above. Well, and I think also like, you know, COVID. Yeah. Right. So, so much stress yeah. as a result of COVID, mm-hmm. um, being forced to work in very unstructured environments. Yes. Um, having the external cues of a nine to five job, leave the house, go sit down, kids at school, all the things that we had as, um, anchors of regularity for ourselves disappeared in COVID. Totally. Right. Right. So ADHD diagnosis rates went up across the board. That's when I got like that. That's when this all started. Right. And the flip side of ADHD can be a lot of anxiety because mm-hmm. disorganization yeah. causes a lot of stress and anxiety. I'm so disorganized. It's like not even funny. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and then the other piece is that you developed a wonderful side hustle. Yes. And so your work demands, as exciting, as passionate, as, as wonderful as they are, you've become extremely industrious, yeah. have also... Um, tax your resources. Totally. And actually, so my ADHD symptoms, I would say, started at the beginning of COVID, which is also when I started the booby docs. Yep. So it's like hard to identify. And you had a third child. And I had a third child. Yeah. So it was all the things. It was like the perfect storm. And you lost your father-in-law. And I lost my father-in-law. There were and your lo- sister-in-law moved in. <laughs> there was so much so stuff, much stuff that happened yeah. and I lost it. And now it's like, I'm yeah. trying to regain control, but honestly, knowing that I have the diagnosis is like very empowering in a way of course. because like, I didn't know I was struggling or there was a reason I was struggling on top of the, you know, everyday stuff that yeah. I take on too much, but yeah. It explains it for sure. And posting about it was so interesting because I've never had so much feedback from a post of like, uh, this resonates so much with me yeah. and so much of what you're describing, like I'm going through that now and it makes you anxious and depressed. Cause you're like, why am I like this? Yeah. So it's very comforting to know that um, others are going through it. And I really thought long and hard about whether or not to even open up about this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, something I realized with my platform is that, like, I have an amazing health platform. You do. And so only to talk about breast health is a, it's not enough. Like, I, I could do so much more. Mm-hmm. So by opening up about my mental health and some of my struggles, I want to help more people. And I see that I'm able to do that. And that is something I would like, I'm excited to do more about in 2024 Yeah, and be open about my struggles. Cause sometimes people are like, how do you have it all? How do you do it all? And it's like, it's not good. Like it's not pretty. <laughs> well, it's, uh-huh. it's that, it's that it's complicated, right? right? Like it's, it's complex. We can, we can, we can, it can be both beautiful yeah. and messy. Right. So it's like, I stayed up way too late. I, you know, I am thinking about this all the time, like, especially now that I'm so passionate about it, it's hard for me to focus on anything else. I find my, my mind drifting when I'm with my kids. I'm like, Oh, I want to make a post about that. Right. And trying really hard to rein it in. And like, for me, like 2024, is going to be more about boundaries. Like Uh I cut down clinically to three days a week in the office. And so hoping to do more like dedicated time to both the booby docs Mm -hmm. and uh, whatever projects I want to work on. So it's not bleeding into my family time or my job, my, you know, nine to five job. So is that, so what does boundaries mean to you? What does that word mean? I need to get, I mean, I'm completely addicted to social media. Um, there's that, you know, dopamine boost that you get when people like your stuff. So I have to like rein that in. Yeah. You know, I think in a lot of that is like, comes from me not being wanting to be accepted and wanting that my whole life, never being the cool kid in school, being bullied as a kid, which has been coming up a lot in therapy. It's like, I forget about that. Like I block that. That's huge. So like for me to finally be able to have my voice and a platform that really feels authentic to me and people that like me for me is like, I'm not going to cry about it. Like it feels so good, but I have to like rein that in a little bit. Yeah to make it healthy and sustainable. Yeah. So you are being recognized for having this special gift. Yeah. And this voice. Yeah. 
you know, and it also explains why it was so important for you to thrive academically. Yeah. Right. And to, because that was your, that was your, your superpower. Yeah. Right? But with great power comes great responsibility. Uh-huh. Right. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, it's like a lot of it is resonating so much with me. So like, I'm excited for this year because I feel like I know what I need to do, which is meanings like set alarms on my social media, but stick to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't check social media after 930, mm-hmm. set like t- timers on my phone so that I don't fall in this hole because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. And then I'm like, I'm just going to check TikTok really quick. Yeah. And then like an hour and a half later, I was like, what did I just do? Like, I don't even know what just happened. So maybe it's about, yeah, let's take a minute. Yeah. Let's, let's take a minute. It's a lot. Take a minute. <laughs> take a minute. Breathe. Take a minute. Notice where you are. Yeah. I have to stay grounded. Get into your body. I know. Get into your body. You're safe. I know. Thank you. I'm so happy you're here. I love you. I love you. No, I want, like, I'm happy I'm showing parts of my struggle because I think People think I have it all together and I don't, you know, I put on a That's facade. Okay. I know no one does. No one does. No one does. No one does. Absolutely. It's like a big takeaway. What I'm hearing from you is that you, you want to kind of honor your commitments to others, your family, your, your, your partner, et cetera. But I'm also hearing from you that maybe you need to do better in honoring your promises to yourself. A hundred percent that you have maybe 2023 was recognizing that you need to do better in, um, in, in creating limits for yourself. And you tried to do that externally, right? You, you got some help externally with, with certain things like, you know, the, the booby bash, you were able to get the awesome Taylor Orlin, you know, Uh on deck and you, you have some support for your podcast, which is awesome. And, um, shout out to my amazing producer, Katie Dwyer. Yes. Thank you, Katie. Um, and you were able to go down, uh, in, in terms of your clinical, uh, role. And so you've been able to do these things environmentally, but now it's an inside job, right? Oh, no. oh that's the hardest part. Oh, I know it is. <laughs> so, so it's about like, you know, noticing that tension or that feeling you have when you don't honor your promise to yourself, when you say, I didn't get off social media when I told myself I would. Yeah. And not in a way that's like... Makes me feel bad about it. Right. Not in a way that's punitive to yourself. Not in a way that's being critical to yourself, but in being able to say like, okay, like, you know, I'm noticing that I said I would get off at eight and it's eight, (laughs) 10. Right. If only it was that. It's midnight. And, um, and okay, that's an observation. Right. How can I do better next time? Um, and, uh, you know, what are the things that, uh, made it hard for me? Did I, um, did I not have a timer? Did I, um, do I do worse when I'm in my bed? Do I do worse? Like, is there a social media, like, um, you know, we know with ADHD folks need sometimes some external cues or structure. Yeah. And so is there a place? Do you want to go sit on a chair and not um, be in your bed? Um, because we know sleep hygiene is is a really important thing. I should have a social media um, chair where I just sit and this is my allotted time and I know yes. that I'm there. Right, correct. But I also need to know like what my purpose for going on social media was the first place. Because a lot of times I'm like, oh, I want to see what my post said about that. And then I open it up to go to my post and I see something and I literally fall down the rabbit hole. Forgot where I even picked up my phone in the first place. Right. Well, and, and, you know, in a later, in a later moment, maybe, you know, you will be able to kind of be more purposeful about it, but it sounds like right now it's just about kind of, um, noticing those times when you're not able to honor your promise and your, your commitment to yourself, Mm -hmm. um, and then without judgment, being able to gather data mm-hmm. around, okay, what is helping me and what is what is in my way of being able to honor those commitments rather than being like, I'm a mess. 
Right. I can't figure this out. I'm addicted. This is a problem. Because, you know, when we talk to ourselves like that. I'm such a negative self-talker. Well, we all are. And we don't get a lot of practice in being kind. And then we develop our own inner bully voice, right? Mm-hmm. And so we carry these bullies with us throughout our lives. And um, it's that added gawk that really creates... Um, a lot of added stress and a lot of negativity for us. It's it's more problematic than the behavior itself is how we're talking to ourselves about it. And so being able to say like the same way you would to one of your kids, like, all right, like, you You'll know, do better next time. You did Right. Like it, I'm noticing that it is eight o'clock and we were supposed to get out of here at seven 50 and it is now eight and it's 10 minutes past. I'm noticing when you have your screen on, it's very hard for you to keep to that time. So that is telling me that we're not ready to have our screen on when we're trying to get out of the house or whatever that we, you know, we tell our children in a very kind of matter of fact way. We're not like, you know, Jesus Christ, you're a hot mess. Get out of there. You <laughs> know, me. like, right. Can you hear but, my voice? In my head? Yeah. And I'm, I live inside your head. How'd you know? Uh, so, 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 so being able to kind of give ourselves a little bit more, it's like the difference between observation and evaluation. Evaluation is critical. We're adding that tinge of judgment versus mm-hmm. like, okay, this is just the data. These are mm-hmm. the facts. I, I, I had a plan to go on for this amount of time. It didn't work out. Here are the, here are the barriers. Here's what I'm noting. I didn't sit in my social media chair. I didn't do whatever those things right. are. Right. right. Um, and then later you can get it, you know, you can go into the future of like, I, I need to orient myself to this goal of why I'm going on. I think that sometimes with ADHD, we can, you know, we can get too lost in the weeds of like, I need to have this category for going on in this category. It's like, we can get almost lost in the planning phase yeah. that then we end up we can't um, execute. Yeah, exactly. We gridlock ourselves before we can get into action. What is that? So I wanted to actually talk about some of the symptoms about ADHD because yeah. the more I read about it, I'm like, oh my God, I, mm-hmm. I'm at every single one. <laughs> I actually scored, I don't mean to brag, but I scored a 99 percentile on the ADHD. It's not good. Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some of the symptoms because I know blocking yourself is one of them, right? Yeah. So, you know, ADHD has three forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, I want to kind of clarify that a lot of people talk about ADHD, ADD versus ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, ADD is not a term that exists anymore. Okay. It's a term that got fleshed out with the former DSM, the okay. Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Okay. okay. So we are currently in the fifth revised edition okay. of that of that manual. Um, and so ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder, has three types. Okay. There's a predominantly inattentive type. There's the predominantly hyperactive type. And there's the combined type. Okay. My guess is that you meet criteria for the combined okay. type. Okay. I was thinking um, A, but then I thought B, but now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have trouble deciding between those two? Yeah. I was, I was... <laughs> um, so, so, you know, the inattention is stuff like I, um, I have trouble focusing. I have trouble transitioning between tasks. Um, also at times, hyper-focus can become an issue. So you get kind of tunneled in and that can be something like with the screens where yeah. you almost like, like, like the building could be on fire around you and you are like yes. so zoomed in. Yes. Um, I give the example of my nine-year-old who, um, recently got diagnosed. Um, he missed the bus on the first day of school. Why? Because he was reading a book. Right. <laughs> and the entire class emptied out and he was sitting in school reading a book. Oh my God. He was too hyper-focused. He was too hyper-focused on the Interesting. book. Interesting. So he it's... looked up and the entire school was empty. So there are some things that you can pay a lot of attention to. A lot to. of attention to. Okay. Like and usually things that hold intrinsic interest. And screens, there has been a lot of research recently on screens having um, an addictive quality specifically for folks with ADHD. It's also really hard to complete tasks. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, lots of kind of big goals, but, but, you know, 50% completion rates. I have half done projects everywhere. Yeah. It's so it's so half done, half read books. It's not disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's my negative self-talk. And we're not going to get mad at ourselves uh-huh. about the negative self-talk, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm right? just spiraling. So we're going to say, yes, I noticed that I have, I have half done tasks. Mm-hmm. It, it creates distress for me, uh-huh. right? It's not disgusting. <laughs> it's not 60 day old bread. Like no. what, you know, I'm sure I have that too. Okay. Well, that might be a little bit disgusting, right. but okay. Yeah. And anyway, so half done tasks, half done tasks. Oof. Keep going. Right? What Difficulty else? with transitions. Yeah. Um, uh, forgetfulness. Yes. Uh, often keeping track of belongings is an issue. I have trouble keeping track of time as well. Yeah. Keeping track of time. Um, I obviously don't have all the symptoms in front of me, but those are, those are the top contenders. Is one like putting things away, like inability to put things away. Organization, having one's work environment. Like, yes. I have baskets everywhere Mm -hmm. filled with stuff that I would Mm -hmm. mean to put away, but I never do. Yes. And that's also why I said to you that I don't want you get too lost when you said like, oh, well, I should have a purpose to go on social media because something that I've observed Mm -hmm. with folks is like, They'll get a planner. They'll get really excited about the planner. They will color code the hell out of that planner. Uh-huh. Nothing will ever happen with the planner uh-huh. except the color coding. Yeah. Like it will be the most beautiful planner that's ever existed. Yeah. Except there will be nothing in the planner. Yeah. Exactly. So you don't want to get so lost in the planning that you don't, that you don't actually ever do the thing. Right. Okay. So, so, and then the hyperactivity part. So recognizing that there's gender socialization, right? Mm-hmm. So you have been socialized to not be as, um, gross motor oriented to be a good right? girl like... to be a good girl to sit still uh-huh. to like things where you're my, more fine motor tasks yeah. right uh-huh. um also you are an adult and hyperactivity tends to dissipate with age okay um but verbal impulsivity is one right so yeah blurting out the interrupting difficulty waiting your turn uh-huh. um the fact that your foot is always moving that right when i've said to you like sometimes um your energy feels like it's almost like a vibration yeah that is kind of that like how do i stop that Well, it's when I'm saying to you, like, you know, take a minute, get back into your body. I fidget all the time. Right, right. So, yeah, so lots of fidgeting, lots of, but that's your way of also regulating your body. So, so a healthier way that can not awkward way to do this. Um, well, you know, what we want to do is we just want to kind of dial it down Mm -hmm. so that, you know, if you are jumping up and down like this with your leg, you just want to kind of quiet your body down a little bit, but it's not necessarily, there's nothing wrong with moving your body, right? You know, we're in a society that has taught us that we have to sit down and sit down at a desk and sit still. And we know from children that like, they don't do well with Uh that. Right. And like the ideal classroom would have exercise balls and, you know, all kinds of things that would allow us to really be able to meet children where they're at. Speaking of which, I just bought a, a walking pad for my desk. There you go. Because I actually think it will help me keep more I'm focused. I'm sure it will. Yeah. So, so don't fight your body's um, natural way of regulating itself. Uh-huh. It's not something that you necessarily need to suppress if it's feeling like it is distracting to others, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, in much, in much the way that we would talk about folks who have Tourette's, like a motor tick, yeah. um, you know, we would just help them kind of, uh, channel it into something that is maybe a little bit less disruptive. So, um, you might doodle if you can't be up and moving. Mm-hmm. So at least you are allowing for a fidget or a move, mm-hmm. or you might kind of be doing this with your hands, mm-hmm. or you might be kind of just like rubbing your leg a little bit, mm-hmm. or even doing the thing with your foot if you need to, right. if you can't be swaying back and forth or doing whatever you need to be doing. Right. Um, but there's nothing really wrong with, um, your body's natural need to move to regulate it. I never thought of it. I thought it was like a bad habit. I didn't think it was like um, a sign of like my hyperactivity, but it mm-hmm. makes sense that it is. Yeah. I, I have so much energy. Like mm-hmm. you could feel my energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm also just by virtue of my, my own um, 
family of origin experiences, life experiences. And, and I tend to be somebody who trends toward anxiety and I'm really in touch with like a lot of, um, energy. Like I, I, yeah. I, I somebody that identifies as like a highly sensitive person. I believe that. And so I, I am very tapped into your energy right. as a result of that. So, and we're good friends. Right. So like, I, I feel that from you. Right. Others may not. Right. Right. As much. But empathetic people yeah. know each yeah. other. Right. Yeah. So I, like when I see you and I know you and I know what your baseline is, I can tell when you are more frenetic than yeah. other times. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So what are some, like, what are some things, you know, besides maybe having healthy fidgets or things yeah, yeah. that you can do that, that can help me manage ADHD and right. anyone listening? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that it's important and it would be irresponsible to not mention medication. Yes. Um, so medication is absolutely, uh, something that, uh, helps for ADHD. ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder. What that means is that it is a disorder that impacts our brain. Um, and uh, in particular, uh, our prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. And my guess is, and I'll talk about this a little more in a second, is that you probably wouldn't have just met criteria for ADHD, but you probably would have met criteria for giftedness as well as a kid. And that would have meant that your prefrontal cortex is doing double work. Yeah. Um, and that is probably why when you go down a rabbit hole, you go very far down. Yeah. Like it's like you get distracted and then you're like, Oh my God. You know? Yeah. So, um, so ADH, so, so when you have, um, a disorder that impacts your brain neurodevelopmentally, um, it really helps uh, to explore medication, yeah. and of course, to do so um, in collaboration with a medical provider. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Now there is a variety of different medications. Typically, uh, psychostimulants are the medications yeah. that are best prescribed for ADHD. We do know that right now there is a nationwide shortage of ADHD medication. Yeah. Um, this came as a result, uh, in part, uh, of the pandemic. There was a uptick of diagnoses mm-hmm. and a shortage in supply. So it was a little bit of a perfect um, storm. Yeah. So as I'm working with clients or patients in private practice, and we are talking about um, diagnoses and ADHD and whether to go on medication, I let them know that it's important that they discuss um, you know, medication with their providers. I'm happy to kind of connect them with um, prescribers while also being really honest about, um, you know, the shortage and the delays right now. Um, I want to mention on that because, so I'm going to talk about this. So I was started, I tried Concerta mm-hmm. is that, and it didn't really do anything with me for me. And mm-hmm. then we tried Adderall, like a very low dose yep. and that seem to work well, mm-hmm. but it's impossible to get. Yes. And there yeah. is nothing more anxiety producing than it's being told that you can't get this medication yes. and I'm calling different pharmacies. And yeah. and you also have to get one refill at a time. Yes. So in the, and depending on the state, um, you know, the U S and I, I, I say this because I'm also originally from Canada. Yeah. So there's an entirely different medical system there, but in the U S you know, we are cracking down the war on drugs. Um, <laughs> and so like we know in New Jersey, like stimulants are a controlled substance and, um, you can only get it renewed once a month. It's, it's very, very much, um, it's, it's extremely difficult here to, to navigate, um, prescriptions, to navigate insurance. Um, when things go generic, that's another kind of issue. Um, and I know as I have immediate family members who are on ADHD medication, um, it, it's very, very frustrating. I honestly feel like an addict. I'm like, I have to like call my doctor and be like begging for a script and then calling the pharmacy and seeing if they have any and very, getting a pill yeah. cutter in case I get a higher dose. Like it's like ridiculous. It's, Yes. It's, 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 um, it's been very exhausting. It's been very frustrating. And, um, I think that, you know, insurance companies and pharmacies need to recognize that this has really far reaching implications for people who are suffering and, um, you know, 
it just to their livelihoods. Like some people yeah. really truly cannot perform their jobs. I've treated people who cannot drive cars. They cannot watch full movies, um, who really have ADHD that, that, yeah. um, that they suffer in really profound ways. Um, so Concerta is a slow release medication. Mm-hmm. Adderall is a fast release medication. Um, fast release medications can be taken. Like you can take it one day. You cannot take it another day. Right. Um, those tend to be, you know, powerful short-term, but there's also what we call rebound effect. So by 5 PM, you're not feeling so good. Sometimes you can have, uh, appetite issues. You can have migraines, you can have difficulties with sleep. Um, but you can also hop on and off of them. Mm -hmm. Concerta, it's more like a medication that has to build up in your system over time. Um, and the effects are a little bit more subtle. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so that, that might be kind of consistent with what you you were experiencing. Yeah. And I also want to recognize, like, I'm not a prescribing professional. Yeah. So please defer to somebody who has more yes. of a background in psychopharmacology. Definitely talk to your provider about yes. medications if that's yes. right for you. Disclaimer. And also just want to say on the, you know, the drug shortage front, yeah. cancer drugs are, there's a lot of chemotherapies where there's a shortage of drugs. And like, so it's up. horrible just to hear people that they could really benefit from a certain yeah. chemotherapy and aren't able to get it. It's, it's really sad. So yeah. Pharmacy people get it together. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, there's yeah. so many levels of, um, yeah. And right. just the disparities and all the stuff is just very, 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 um, concerning. Yeah. So the other part of, um, you know, ADHD treatment is then therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, psychological intervention, working with a therapist who has a background in ADHD treatment, um, can really be helpful working with, um, you know, not just kind of the organizational skills, providing structure, um, you know, thinking about how you can break down bigger tasks into smaller, more manageable mm-hmm. chunks, um, developing goals, not just goals like I will be successful, but mm-hmm. like, what does success look like? What do boundaries look like? How do you make those really realistic, achievable, measurable. Yeah. Um, and a plan, like, like for me, it's like, I want to write a book. Well, how am I going to write a book? It's like, I'm only going to do that if I set aside time to write a book. And like, this is something I really struggle with. It's like you said, half finished task. Yes. It's like, I don't want to fall down that rabbit hole. Right. Right. And then the other piece to that Mm -hmm. is not just the behavioral changes, but also the the self-talk, right? Your mm-hmm. relationship to yourself. Because so many people with ADHD have developed a narrative about themselves that looks really self-defeating, mm-hmm. right? That looks like I'm not adequate. I can't get my shit together. I'm a mess. I'm disorganized. I can't accomplish my goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can become a really bad loop of procrastination, avoidance, and then sometimes like perfectionism with that. And so then that can also lead into real defeat and and sometimes depression. Yeah. And And I definitely like, you know, I can't figure it out and it has to be perfect. And I put on all this planning for it to be perfect and it's not going to be perfect. So then I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to procrastinate. Um, and then I'm going to, I'm, I'm now a failure. Why can't I do it? And so now I'm depressed and that's kind of the, and then I go, screw it. I'm just going to watch Netflix and chill and then start the whole thing over tomorrow. And right. But you're not chilling, right? Right. Because what you're doing is you're creating this guilt and shame that you're not accomplishing the thing, which feeds into this narrative about yourself that you suck and that you're a failure. Right. And what I always say to procrastinators is work or play, do it all the way. Because the thing is, is that like, if you're playing and you're thinking about work, you're not doing it all the way. It's contaminated with all of these feelings that I should be doing something else, which is not making it enjoyable. It's so interesting. You say that going back to the Mel Robbins podcast, you recently had this, uh, this, um, this uh, specialist named Dr. Ferrari, mm. and he was, he said about 20% of people he's most interested in are chronic procrastinators. Mm-hmm. That's me. It's like, you're always going to drive the gas tank down to zero. You're always going to, you're always, you're never going to turn in your forms on time. You're never going right, to get a birthday right. gift on time. Like that's me. <laughs> right. So why am I like that? And it's like really trying to overcome that like is challenging. Cause so I, what, so, okay. So what would you say to yourself? Mm-hmm. You didn't get the foreman on time. Yeah. Your gas tank is on empty. 
right? Yeah. So, so, you know, the typical Robin response would be like, fuck, like yeah. I did it again. You deserve that. You right. Did, right. Like right. I deserve it. You know, you're calling, you're calling your husband. You're like, you know, yeah, it's me again. You He's know like, it. I'm on the side of the highway. Come get me with the gas. Like, but what would be a gentler way to talk to yourself about that? So you can start to kind of chip away at the added guck, which is that mean, judgy, negative self-talk. We're going to be the type of person who fills her gas uh, on time. We're going to... No, that is, that is, that is, you're, That's a you're goal. getting into the goals. What is the, the... Why? Let's look at why this happened, honey. <laughs> and how can we do better next time? Okay, you're baby? already in the future. Stay here. Stay I here. don't know. I don't know. Stay Maybe here. I don't know. And that's okay. the problem. How am okay. I talking to myself when that stuff happens? Okay. Gas tank is empty. Okay. Gas tank is empty. This sucks. This sucks. Am I supposed to repeat? I don't know if you want to. Okay. You just go. I mean, it doesn't have to be this language. Yeah. It has to work for you, but let's do better next time. We're already in the future. No. Stay here. Why did this happen? Let's look at why this happened. No, we're we're trying to conduct an autopsy. Okay. I'll just let you talk. So, so noticing, mm. okay, sorry, I'm in this place of, no, I'm not fresh out of you. I'm, 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 I'm going into my body. Okay. Um, so, you know, this happened. Okay. Tank is empty. Okay. I'm noticing the frustration with myself. Feel pulled to judge myself in this moment. Gonna let it just kind of wash over me. Judgment. Gonna notice it. Okay. All right. You really, you had a hard morning. You were really busy this morning. You saw the empty, and you were busy. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of things get in your way this morning makes sense that it got to empty. There's a lot going on for you. And and here we are. Mm-hmm. What type of support do you need right now from yourself? Who might you call for emotional support if I need if you need it? Calling you. <laughs> That's <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, who can help me get some gas? Right. And, and all right, okay, just going to sit in here, notice myself. You know, sometimes I'll tell folks, like, imagine the judgment or whatever feeling it is, almost like luggage on a conveyor belt, like just kind of riding on by. Don't take it off the conveyor belt. Just notice it. All right. Hey, judgment. Bye. There you are. Okay. Sailing on by. Uh Thank you. Oh, there you are. Anxiety. Thank you. Hmm. I like that. Okay. All right. We are. I see you. I see you. Thank you. Thanks for coming, anxiety. No, no you don't. You don't prepare me for next time. I right. know you think you do. You don't. Okay. You're not teaching me a lesson. Thank you. All right. What do I need right now? Okay. Yes. And then later on, uh-huh. later on, uh-huh. you know, okay, is there anything I want to edit about what happened earlier? I like that. Are there things I want that I could help myself do differently? Do I, can I add an alarm in my phone every Sunday um, when I drive by the gas station on the yeah. way to Hebrew school or what, you know, right. whatever it is. Right. Um, do, would it be helpful for my husband to say in a, not in a way like, you know, don't, don't screw this up again, but yeah. more like. Do you need any gas? Right. You know, I'm going out. Do we, do we do we need gas for the cars right now? I'm going to be the type of person, though, that checks my gas tank before I leave somewhere would be a great way to do it because being prepared and taking so going slower and taking right. that extra step. So what you might do mm-hmm. is you might have a post-it mm-hmm. note that you put on your steering wheel that mm-hmm. says gas. Yeah. Question mark. Got yeah. gas. <laughs> <laughs> right. And not the gas from, you know, from right. you know. From or beans, a, you know, right? Yeah, not from beans or cauliflower or whatever, you know, floats your boat. Um, okay. Yeah. So for 
I think this is all good. Um, and, and the worst part about it is I always get where I need to go. It's like, I've never actually but is run that out the of, worst part about it? No, it's like, but it's been rewarded or it's been like, not, it hasn't. Well, but, but not rewarded. It's that, that is, that's the reassuring part. Right? right. And that is, that's something to hold on to Yeah, is that you don't really need to be so mean to yourself yeah. because you do ultimately have everything you need. And right. so your mistakes are not so fatal. Totally. I right. Like that. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say about, well, first of all, like ADHD is not necessarily only about deficits, mm-hmm. right? Like it is a, a superpower mm-hmm. as well. It gives you all of this creativity, all of this energy, yes. all of these wonderful ideas, all of this enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's wonderful. It's like learning how to manage that. It's learning how to capitalize on that. And the other piece is, is that, you know, because I think you are so high functioning and so gifted, um, you wouldn't have just kind of met criteria, I think for, um, for ADHD, but probably giftedness. Mm -hmm. We call that a two E diagnosis, twice exceptional. Mm -hmm. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> you are both neurodevelopmentally or neurodivergent, which is ADHD, so neurodevelopmental disorders, neurodivergent, and gifted. Mm-hmm. And so your giftedness has been a buffer mm-hmm. for ADHD. Right. The other thing that I just want to say that's important about meds for ADHD is that a lot of folks will have concerns that like medication, it can be abused in ADHD mm-hmm. or that like it's more likely that people are going to get into drugs or anything else. But actually, the sooner that you medicate with ADHD, the less likely you are to abuse drugs. Interesting. Yeah. That's so and that's fact. especially the case for adolescents. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, this was incredibly helpful. Like we've been talking for so long and I could talk to you forever. I know. But I just want to... um, Are we manifesting now? Yeah, we're going to manifest of what I want to bring into 2024. Let's do it. Well, and this is interesting. So it said, you speak about yourself in the third person when you're talking about goals, like in the future. Mm -hmm. Like, so here's what I wrote down. I said, Robin has a healthy daily routine. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this Robin? (laughs) Robin has better boundaries and feels more clear headed. Uh huh. Uh (laughs) And Robin has written a book. Woo! I wrote a book. You wrote a book. I'm right. I see. The thing is, I actually want to write in my head. I have multiple books, Mm -hmm. and I like again. That's going to be a little bit of an issue because it's like, how do I finish one before moving on to another? Yeah. so that's a struggle for me. It's funny because I want to pull up my 2023 vision board. Yeah. Because I don't think it's changed that much. <laughs> but okay. I know. So I want to, you know, f- keep growing the podcast and get more professional with it. Like I have this whole audio setup. This is the first time I'm actually doing the real setup. So I'm happy about that. Um, I want to write my book, an absolute must read. It's outstanding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I want to hit 10,000. Uh, Instagram and TikTok and YouTube followers. So I hit it on TikTok this past year. I'm at 13 wow. and I'm at like 9,300 on Instagram. Oh so that will happen. YouTube. Come on, people. Come on, people. Make tell it you, happen. Tell your friends. What are you waiting for? <laughs> and I want to um, grow on YouTube, which I'm hoping to do through this. Yeah. Um, so, and then for dream guests for the podcast, because I really want to identify this. So the, this has not changed. No. So Clea Shearer is number one. Mm. A lot of people don't know this, but I actually messaged her like two months before her breast cancer diagnosis. And I was like, hey, Clea, now that you turn 40, you got to get your mammogram. We'd love to walk you through wow. this. And she never responded. And, and then boom. Boom. So I've been manifesting this for two years now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get her attention this year. Mm-hmm. And we would record a podcast called Breast Friend Energy because she has a podcast called Best Friend Energy. Oh, perfect. I mean, perfect. Okay. Also, Chelsea Handler. This, this is, is a, I mean, this is a goal for both of us. Yeah, this is a shared goal. We just, we just love Chelsea so much. So much. And I... And so she always loves talking about her tits, how great they are. So yeah. how amazing would it be if she talked about her mammogram experience and yes. doing a self-rest exam? 
Yeah, Chelsea, your birthday is um, two days before mine, February 25th. You ski topless every birthday. I know you're in Whistler right now, Ugh. and you should just ski right down to a mammogram machine. And this lady could help you on, as a psychologist on your podcast, oh too. Maybe it could be a joint episode, all three I of us. No, I just, I, I just, I have so much to say about okay, this. Let's manifest this for 2024. <laughs> also, Katie Couric and Jill Martin, for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. Um, they're both, I've, Katie Couric is my idol. I grew up watching the Today Show every single day. And the Today Show is a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. And Jill Martin, obviously, too. Also, on the, on, the, on the topic of Chelsea Handler, we go with Amy Schumer. Yes. I think she's, Amy's also really active in the um, in the kind of breast cancer world and, and women's health world. Yeah, women's health world. Right, like yes. I love everything that Amy you stand for, and yeah. I love how you use your platform. So definitely her. And my last one is Mel Robbins because she has helped me so much. We haven't stopped talking about it <laughs> because clearly I'm obsessed. And uh, how amazing would that be? So I want to pitch myself to her podcast too because yes, I mean she's got breasts. Yeah, let your people talk to her people. Yeah, Robin, right? Robin, as she calls herself in third person. So, boom, boom, we did it. We finally did this podcast we did episode, it. and I think it was really good. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good job, us. Yeah, go self talk. Yeah, there you go. Oh self talk in the present. I'm giving you a big hug. Oh, I love you. Love you. I hope you guys love this podcast. Have a great 2024. Happy 2024. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this conversation or learned something new, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review and help spread the word. If you tell me you did, I'll give you a big virtual smoocheroo. And of course, make sure you follow me across all social media platforms at The Booby Docs for more of the breast information. And a huge thank you to my podcast producer, Christian Cuveta, an amazing medical student who also wrote and produced the music for the show. Take it away, Christian.